Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is your girl, Donna D, a.k.a. The Urban Mommy, and I am back with another podcast. Today, we have a special guest by the name of Anteria Bruce, and she is a woman's health professional. Would you like to describe yourself to everybody? Who is Anteria? Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Anteria Bruce. I'm a women's health nurse practitioner. I am um, operate out here in Houston, Texas, but I'm from New Orleans, right where Donna's from. Um, so I am also the owner of Vagesty, which is Feminine Products, and Vagesty Women's Center, where I offer women's health services. Okay. Can you tell them how, for a lot of women, especially women of color, we always try to look for a woman, that a doctor that can understand us and know a little bit about us. How important is it for women to know that you represent, you are a woman of color, I'm sorry. So, you know, um, women of color are like two and a half, three times more likely to not be heard um, when they go to their doctor visits to even die while they're giving labor. So I believe in advocacy for yourself. I always tell my patients, I need you to speak up. If you understand something, um, ask more questions. And what I'm doing now, because I find that a lot of the times you have with your doctor, the time is cut short because you know they have like 20 or 30 patients trying to see a date. The type of center that I open, I just want to be able to spend more time with them, offer them more like time to ask them questions to address their concerns. So I will behoove you to um, look for credible resources from a provider, go in there with your questions already, and hopefully you'll get some type of understanding. If you don't, just request another visit. Okay, about maybe about two weeks ago, I had a lady on a podcast and she was a white lady, but she was talking about medical gaslighting. So she spoke about how difficult it is and how a lot of doctors, some of them are taught that black women can endure pain a little bit more than others. And this was even with childbirth. So do you have any information on that? Have you heard that before? Yes, I've heard that before. It was actually embedded um, during a time when slavery was going on here in America, it was a doctor. He was actually experimenting on their women, black women slaves. And he would give them no anesthesia. So he was doing these procedures that we do today without anesthesia. So that image is, and his teaching was in a lot of the medical textbooks. And so it's embedded into their head that, oh, we can take pain and we can endure pain. We don't need pain medicine when we actually need help are screaming out for help, we're not being listened to, and it results to uh, morbidity or mortality. So I agree, yes it is, it's an issue, but I do think that um, they're kind of like moving towards uh, inclusive uh, medical care for, for women of color, and they are not changing again. And the, the doctors that I see come out that I work with now, I can definitely um, tell a difference into their um, patient care for women of color. Wow. Okay. So that that's that's big and it's important that, like you said, that we actually speak up for ourselves when it comes to that. When I, I got an IUD a couple of years ago, and I have a question about that because that was when I first got it, they were saying that it lasts five years. But now, mm-hmm. and then when I called them, it's like, hey, I'm at my five years. They were like, oh, well, no, we're hearing that it goes 10 years now. So is that true? Or should I try to get this thing out? No, it's true. It's true, but I thought I read it was eight years. Eight? Okay. So, I thought I read it was eight years, but it could have been eight to ten. 
Now they do have an IUD that is um, for 10 years, but that is the non-hormonal IUD, but I would not recommend that one if you already had heavy bleeding before it, because it will cause you to bleed even heavier. But yeah, new studies have came out. Actually, United Kingdom already was um, leaving them in for eight, eight years in United Kingdom. United States is kind of behind on that. So yeah, it does last eight years. Wow. Now, I believe I have the non-hormonal one, but the reason why I got mine was because every time it was time for PMS, I would feel like really, really bad. I would have horrible headaches. I would have like extreme back pain. And my doctor said because I had headaches that I should not get the birth control that had hormones in it. With, okay, with the estrogen, yes. Yes, with yes. estrogen because they said that you could be more likely to have a stroke. Yes, estrogen, yeah. Um synthetic the hormones in the birth control is synthetic hormones is actually um made from horses urine i don't know if a lot of women know that <laughs> so, wow. so the risk factors associated with estrogen is like i say headache stroke blood clots um heart attack as well so you just have to be very careful especially if you smoke or if you're overweight when you bring on um synthetic hormones wow so that's the one that i have like moraine i think morena so Mirena is um is progesterone. That's okay. actually good. Yeah, okay. that's a um it doesn't have estrogen in it. Yeah, okay. So progesterone is okay. Estrogen is the one that I need to watch for. Correct. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. That's the one I have, the Mirena. And actually when I when I got mine, it, it was a it pain, it was a little painful. Is that normal? They thought I was being a baby, but I thought it was a little painful. See, they should I hate when they do that. But when I was in training for a nurse practitioner, the nurse practitioner that I followed with, when she would insert IUD, she would numb the cervix with lidocaine. So I noticed that now a lot of providers offer the lidocaine numbing medicine before they insert the IUD. Mm. So okay. I do see that some providers might say, hey, take Tylenol, ibuprofen before, um, before the procedure. But when you think about it, it may not really be beneficial, really give you that pain relief because the device that they use to um, put the IUD is teneculum. And the teneculum actually clamps down on your cervix. And it just, uh, me saying that right now, I'm like, that's one reason why I don't even want ice. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's convenient because you don't have to take medicine and pills every day and it lasts for, you know, up to 10 years for some of them. But yeah, this should offer um, lidocaine if a lot of women don't know that and so i actually just made a TikTok when i was like hey you know ask for when you call to make your appointment see if they use lidocaine if not find your doctor that does use lidocaine to do iud even though it's quick but it's still like come on now if it was it's a painful, man it, it hurts and your, your stomach is like cramping for like a day or two after like it actually hurts and when i called in i was like look i'm, I'm in pain i don't handle pain well and they're like Oh, that's okay. That's your stomach is just contracting. That's because you have a foreign object inside of your stomach. Take some ibuprofen. That was pretty much all I got. But that was not a pleasant uh, situation. Yeah, and I feel like when they do um, men procedures in office, they offer they offer men um, numbing medication or whatever pain relief. I think they should change the narrative with that and be more like cross the board. Give us some more pain relief. Right. Okay. 
So when you started Vagacy, it was actually a couple of years ago. So congratulations, by the way, because I remember when you first started it and you are doing so well with it. So what made you actually start it? Well, um, I knew in while I was going through nursing school, my, my master's program, that I didn't want to um, traditionally work Monday through Friday, nine to five. And I wanted to uh, start my own business. I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to grow um, generational wealth. And I figured with my expertise and my own personal story that I should start a business in women's health. It just made sense. I had the background, I had the experience, and I had the, the uh, ambition, the motivation to start generational wealth. So that what made me start that Okay, so do you go out, I know you do a lot of speeches. Do you go out to schools and talk to kids a lot about sexual health? Cause they don't really have those in schools anymore, right? Not too much. Not too much. Um, no, I have not actually went into the schools, um, but I do have Vagency University where I do like um, online courses. And one of the courses is called My First Menses. And in that course, I teach young girls about their menstrual cycle everything you need to know about your menstrual cycle all the way down to like the products how to properly throw them away and things like that and i do um mention ovulation i'm getting ready to like revamp it because i want to put in there about like um sexual health as far as like infection and things like that because you know young girls are well kids these days are um experimenting early 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 on than what i remember in middle school so <laughs> right so i feel like the education needs to be there from a credible source and then sometimes the parents do not know so i rather them learn from like a professional they learn from the streets and get get it the wrong way right i'm glad you brought that up because that was actually going to be one of my questions so my daughter makes 10 tomorrow so like my cousin and me like oh you got to start having a talk with her and i'm like I'm not ready, but I know some girls can start getting a cycle really early, but I'm glad you say you have that website because I literally don't know what to do. I know I wanted to order the little panties that have the, the stuff inside of it. Yeah, the period panties, yeah. The period panties, I want to do that, but I guess I'm just, I don't know how to even have that talk and then make sure that she understands, but I know kids understand more than we think they do, but right. Glad, so, so yeah, you think it would be good for a 10-year-old? Yes, actually the course is good for um, ages eight to like 16. Okay. Yeah, so definitely recommend, okay. um, especially for moms who don't know where to, where to begin when talking about their, um, to their daughters about their cycle. So yeah, it's definitely good for that. Okay, I'm gonna definitely get her started with that. So also that we're speaking about teens, I noticed, like, you, like I said, that they don't have too many classes anymore and I feel bad because I never had to talk with my boys. And now I'm thinking about it like I, I probably should have done that. And like how I can do that because the oldest one is it's crazy the stuff that they say about sex and you think that they know. So what's mm -hmm. a good age to start talking to your kids and how do you suggest that we do it? Because they have so much influence from the outside world about sex. So, and that's my fault for assuming that they knew and never actually sitting down and telling them what they need to know. So I think the appropriate age, especially for girls, um, when you're going through puberty. So I started with my daughter about eight years old. And at this time, um, I got her together a little period kit 
to put in a book sack. And then during that time, I had a slideshow that I had for nursing school way back in like 2010. And I went over STDs with her. Because at this point, you know, they're going through pu puberty. They may get curious. And I want her to know that you need to, you know, I don't want you to do this, but I can't be with you 24-7. But you need to know that there are things out there that you cannot give back. That you cannot take medication for and it, it goes away. So I just wanted her to be aware of, you know, what's, what's out there in the world. So I think for, for young men, at the same time, when they're going through puberty, that should be a perfect time to talk. They might say, oh, well, I don't like girls and uh, mm -mm. still have that talk. <laughs> still have that talk. I gotta talk to them. Yeah, because yeah. talking to my son that's old and you would think that they know stuff, like the stuff that he says. So there was a situation with a girl that says she was pregnant, right? So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, we're gonna deal with it. And then she she literally just finished having a baby. So we're gonna talk about that because I saw you had that on your TikTok. Just mm -hmm. finished having a little baby and now she's she's pregnant again. Um, This was a couple of months ago. She was okay. pregnant again and he was like, I don't think it's mine because we've been having sex. If 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 it's my baby, she would have been got pregnant. I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, that's not how it works at all. Wow, so it's like, the first, how old is our first baby? That baby, I don't think that baby is one years old yet. Still, I don't think that baby's one. Okay. So it was, and you know, a lot of times also us in the black community and us in, you know, from New Orleans, we have a lot of old wives tales. So we believe a lot of stuff. And I don't know if any of that stuff is rooted in like actual factual history, but a lot of stuff, like we say, like right after you have your baby, you're more likely to get pregnant. I don't know if that's a real fact or that's just what our grandparents told us. No, you could, you, you could, you could get pregnant. There are people that come at the six week checkup and, and pregnant. So. <laughs> Already, right. Yeah. And just and, like women who breastfeed don't think they can get pregnant, but breastfeed alone is not a good source of um, protection for pregnancy. Okay. I also heard that, uh, girl, some, some children, they think that if they have a std that mean they can't get pregnant like i heard the craziest things when i came when you know when we having this conversation so it's not that they can't get pregnant if it goes untreated and it turns into pelvic inflammatory disease it okay. can cause infertility so this is why it's gotcha. important for for parents to talk with their children because i've had some some messages from teen girls i'm like i'm scared i can't talk to my mama but if you have this yellow discharge, I'm gonna need you to talk to your mama or a trusted mm. adult because you're at risk for a pelvic inflammatory disease, which can put you at risk for infertility. So when you do decide to have children later on in life, you may not be able to have kids. So it's very important that parents have, um, create this space where the kids can trust them and come talk to them about things. Even if they mess up, you know, you still need to, develop that, create that space, that safe space right. for them. So how do you suggest, I guess one way is probably starting when they're a lot younger, like your baby, start when they're eight, nine years old. Yes. And then that's too, depending on their, um, Maturity my daughter level. very mature for her age. Like she was eight, but had a mind of a 10 and 11 year old. Like right. that's, my, that's how my daughter is. She's like that too. Yes. So if they're eight and they're acting like they're five and six, then no. Right. <laughs> right. I was thinking back, and it's it's funny. I could say that I could say the story now, but I remember I was in Nord's uh, Ballet. So it's like a for people that don't know what that is. It's like Nord is our city 
agency that's recreational department. So it's low income ballet. So it was a bunch of kids and we sitting around talking and some of the girls were older than us. I was about seven at the time. And I remember I was dressed out and the girls was talking about when they leotards and they were saying pads and they were saying words that I didn't know what it, you know, what it was yet. And they started talking about having a period. So me and my cousin would always be listening and we knew periods was for big girls, but I never knew it was blood. So every time I used the bathroom when I was small, I would look in the toilet and see if I saw, I swear, like a little black dot. Because uh-huh. I thought that was my period. I was like, oh, that's my period. But I never talked to my mama about it. So this was me trying to do all this stuff in my head. My mama didn't even know I was thinking about stuff like that. But that's because I'm hanging with older girls. So right. it's important to, to put the right information in front of them so that they don't go try to find information from other exactly. places. Exactly. Right. Okay. So can we talk a little about, a, a bit about STDs? And S- I think they call it STIs now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we talk a little bit about that now? Yes. Yeah, so um, second trimester infection, you get it from having sex. Um, you have the bacterial infection, such as chlamydia, gonorrhea, um, trichomonas. I feel like I'm leaving one out. Probably not. And then you have the viral, which is like um, herpes, type 1 and type 2. And then you have HPV. Now, HPV can cause cervical cancer. And ladies, this is why it's important to make sure you go and get your pep smear. So that way they can screen for HPV and if it shows signs of cervical changes that's caused by HPV, the right, um, the appropriate treatment can be addressed. Is that the one that we take Gardasil for? Yes, that's the one. I was actually one of the the trial groups when they first was bringing Gardasil out. So I took it years ago. Yeah, I took the Gardasil. So that's what HPV. All right. So you say viruses. That's like herpes. What was herpes the one you said that was? Um, and HPV is sexually transmitted. It can cause cervical cancer. Oh, I forgot about syphilis because I've seen a um uh, uh, enormous amount of syphilis patients. Really? Like, yes, I would have thought that that would have been kind of like a old. Like, right. Yeah, but no, it's, it's coming back. So y'all be careful, wrap it up. And you determine syphilis. Um, sometimes it may cause you to have a sore, but it's usually you have to do blood work for syphilis. For herpes too, right? Yeah, for um herpes, do blood work, but you can also depend on the outbreak, the doctor may do a swab as well. Okay. So what about the saying that I think it's like 70%. I might be making up these numbers, but like 70% of the people have H have herpes, but don't even know that they have it. Yes. Cause it lives dormant in our body. So you don't, not everybody get a break, um, a breakout outbreak. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody gets that. And so what causes it to come out for some people is like stress, uh, even in like in pregnant women, if they're, um, HSV positive, we will give them, uh, treatment, the antiviral medication started around 34 weeks because when you're pregnant, your um, immune system is suppressed. And so if they have an outbreak, they can't deliver the baby vaginally. So we start around 34 weeks with the treatment and they'll take it all the way up until, you know, they deliver. However, if they do have an outbreak, um, say she didn't get prenatal care, adequate prenatal care, she'll have to do a C-section. Otherwise, the um, infection, the virus can transfer to the baby and the baby can get really sick. Wow. Okay, so with that, I know there's been a lot of changes. I remember at one point, HIV, they had to have a C-section. 
now some people with HIV can have natural births? Yes. Yes. But the only thing is, um, as far as like breastfeeding goes, um, you can't breastfeed. So how is it that they can they can have a baby? They just can't, I guess, because the it's different because it's inside your body. Yeah, it's right. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then the medications they have now on the market. I'm glad you brought up HIV because um, listen, if you're out here living your life, no judgment zone. I don't know if you heard of the medication called Prep, ladies. Get on Prep. Prep prevents you from getting HIV. Only thing is, you'll have to get blood work like every three three months because it may um, increase like your, you have to check your kidney and liver functions, but get on PrEP. That's for um, ladies and men too as well. Okay. okay. Um, now you're living with HIV, you can go undetectable and not transmit it with um, like one pill a day. I forgot the name of it, but I know PrEP is used if you do not have HIV and you okay. want to prevent yourself from ever getting it. You can get on prep, and I believe I don't think it's expensive. Like you might wow. just a cold pill might be free depending on you know where you get it from. I think prep is probably free because everywhere you look, they're trying to promote it. But they yeah. promote it. I didn't even realize that the heterosexual people. Not I'm not saying that they can't get. That's not what I was about to say. What I'm saying is the commercials look like they only appeal to homosexuals. So it's common for heterosexuals to take it as well. Yes, I know of a lady. She said, I'm dating. That's what she told me. She said, I'm dating. And so I just want to make sure. And she she take it. She just never know because people are not honest. That's true. People Even if you're married sometimes, it's the, the same situation. Like one of the families that I knew had the same situation. He was married and he was cheating on his, his wife. And, mm. she was, and unfortunately, she contracted it. But I mean, this was in the 90s. This was years ago. Um, and I think she actually got it, but his, the other woman who he had that was actually pregnant for him did not get it. Yeah, that, that can happen. Wow. All right. So what is the, the strangest question you've ever gotten? The strangest question? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I might think it's strange to me, mm -hmm. but, um, it's not really like a stupid question. I wouldn't say like if I have um, the vaginal suppositories that I have and the mm -hmm. suppositories, they're like, so, so do you swallow it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Please read the bottle. Do not swallow these pills. <laughs> right. um, and about the period panties. I know in the period this, I know it's like new period products on the market. Um, and they ask, well, how do you wear it? How do you insert? You know, I know it's kind of like new to them, but nothing really like out of the ordinary that I get. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, what about the most common question that you probably think that people should know that they probably are scared to ask? What's something that y'all, that a lot of people probably ask you? Um... I get a lot of questions about um, how to wash the vulva. Mm. Um, and I say vulva because there's a difference between vulva and vagina. So, um, and, you know, quite frankly, just like people don't know too much about 
their menstrual cycle as an adult or just their body in general, I can understand how they don't know how to properly like wash their body down there. So that's a question that I think that you should know. But hey, there was a um, a lack somewhere between right. the parent and, and the child with teaching. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So what about, I know you have some products as well. So you have like a health box. Can you explain a little bit about your box and what comes inside of it? Yeah. So uh, we have the Vagisty Roy Collection box. And in the box is like pretty much everything you need. You have the full body wash, you have your vulva wash, you have white, you also have um, Yanni scrub. It's a full body scrub, which is safe enough to go down there to help with ingrown hair and discoloration. It also comes with a, a vagina, uh, a vulva mask, I should say. And it comes with Yanni oils, also help with moisturizing down there. So what is, I know I hear that word a lot, Yanni, wash and Yanni, what is that? So Yanni is another term for vagina of, oh, of all. okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, never one of them questions that you think everybody knows. Some people might say um, Yoni, I say Yanni, I guess it depends on who you're talking to, what part of the world they're from. <laughs> right, okay. So how important is it to use certain washes as opposed to using just anything that we find at the dollar store or Walmart? Yeah, so you want to be careful, especially with, um, with those strong scented washes for your pH balance. First of all, nothing goes inside. No soap needs to go inside the vagina because it's self-cleaning. Okay, so just got to be careful with, um, you need some like a mild sensitive soap for down there. You have to wash. I mean, they got some people say, I'm only using water. Listen, if that works for you, if that works for you, but see, mine, <laughs> my skin, my vulva is skin. So it's just like, don't you wash your face, right? You're going to put a little clean in your face, right? So that's the same thing as for your vulva. You urinate, you sweat. Even your um, clitoral hood, it needs to be clean. People be having crust and cheese looking stuff around their clitoral hood. You have to clean it. <laughs> so, wow. Like I said, if you want to use water, that works for you fine. As long as she's happy. Right. As long as they get the job done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, something else we saw recently on Facebook. One of the videos went viral with this dude with this huge, this huge thing. I'm going to just say that. Um, is there like some, and I see a lot of women, you know, in the comments, you know, making different comments and they say that those big things, they can ruin you. Is that true or is that just? Well, from what, what I hear, everybody that's big don't know how to work it. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, I think the pressure and depending on like the rhythm of the moment may cause a little little damage but not like to where it it shifts something i think right. that's just like too far extreme but um right. yeah not like that okay so they're not doing damage like that so it's not no, dangerous. It's might, not dangerous might jump and be limping a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> it's a good limp <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so uh, speaking about that we're gonna talk about like the home treatment so a lot of women Sometimes they treat themselves, you know, because embarrassment or whatever. They don't want to go to the doctor. So if they, they think they have a bladder infection, they go get those pills. Or 
I see some some ladies online, they be selling the boric acid pills to stick up there every time you with a partner. So what are some of those things? Have you heard about any of those? Is that safe? Well, yes, I have the, um, this is the boric acid suppository. I, mm -hmm. I don't think I said that it come in the box. But yeah, this is actually our number one seller. So the thing with like treating yourself at home, for me, and this is one of the personal reasons why I started Bad to Stick, I've had um, my chronic BV for years. So I knew what, it, what the symptoms was. If you're not sure the color of your discharge, then you need to go to the doctor. You see what I'm saying? If you're like chronically dealing with BV and you can, I know what this is. This the this the fishy odor. This the um the white to gray discharge is BV or it's itching because it's a cottage cheese discharge. It's a yeast infection. If you know that, if you're in tune with your body, then I can see you taking a boric acid. But if the discharge is yellow or green and you're like, what is this? Do not use boric acid because that's, that would not treat that. You okay. need an antibiotic. So what is the boric acid for? So the boric acid has, helps you rebalance your pH. Our mm. pH is 3.8 to 4.5, but when it's upset it by either semen, cause semen is alkaline, when it raises that pH to over 4.5, it can cause bacterial vaginosis. So that's what the boric acid do. It re re helps you restore your pH balance back to 3.8 to 4.5. Okay. Yeah, so because I think that's what the, the girl on the video, she was saying that she take those every time she have a new partner. Yeah, because having a new partner does increase your um, chances of um, getting bacterial vaginosis. It does. Okay. Um, I also saw that you made a video about foods that we should avoid during pregnancy. What are some of those foods? So I talk about the cheese. Um, as the cheese that's like real cheese um, that's not pasteurized. Um, the the shellfish, like the raw seafood, stay away from that. Um, you also need to avoid like deli meat, but if you eat deli meat, you have to warm it up because those things have this bacteria called Listeria mm -hmm. and it can cause um, you to get sick and even um, in some cases may um, cause you to have a miscarriage. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um. How has this thing with with the new abortion law? How has that changed anything that you do? Wow. Um. In Texas, yeah, it has changed. Uh, I'm not happy about it, but um, I I hope women know that there are options, and some you just have to cross the state. You know. And someone told me the other day that as providers in Texas, we're not allowed to even mention um, the word abortion. But I wanted to look look that up because we have women who go through, um, at about 18 weeks, you get anatomy scan. Sometimes you see that the baby is, has this like chromo, chromosome defect. Mm -hmm. uh, it may have some other issue where they will not survive outside of the womb. And women you would have that choice to go ahead and terminate the pregnancy or go through with it and just you know when a baby come and then just wait its course but now they don't have that um those rights so i think that's very unfair that the government is trying to police our bodies like that and not understanding wow i didn't i didn't know that 
So what about, what is it, PCOS? There's a huge following for some groups on Facebook with PCOS. A lot of them are probably been diagnosed and a lot of them are self-diagnosed, according to the page. Um, do you run across a lot of that? Is it as many women as it seems to be? Yes, there's a lot of women who have PCOS. I actually have PCOS. So that's polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so what it, it's a metabolic disorder. And some of the common symptoms that a woman may have is um, cysts on ovaries, um, insulin resistance, infertility, weight gain, and trouble losing weight, hirsutism, which is unwanted facial hair, even depression, maybe also a symptom of um, PCOS. Having irregular cycles, that was my thing why I, um, that's when I found out about me having PCOS. My period would be gone for forever. I'm like, okay, the test is negative. So <laughs> right. what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's another important thing about women health. Like sometimes we may have symptoms that can be 50 different things. That's why we really have to go to the doctor and ask questions because you may think it's something simple like, oh, I'm just having cramps. But like you said, it could be something more serious like PCOS or, you know, something else, some other kind of condition that they have. Yes. Okay. That's true. Um, we talked about, oh, the using the products in your body, but that's most mostly the soap. So what other toxic, what other type of toxic products are there? So it just depends on like the um, ingredient that they put in the products. I can't name them right offhand, but you want it if it's gonna say like natural or sensitive, that's the ones you want to use. Those. Okay. So like a lot of soaps are starting to come out now, and it's just for like vaginas. So that's probably something that we can use. Right. And then just look at the look at the ingredients, and if you want. Google the ingredients and not everything on Google Maps. Those are probably based on like a small amount of people. You, you okay. just have to make the informed decision if you want to use the product. Okay. All right. What about people that get boils a lot? I remember somebody had a question and they always get the boils like in a, I don't want to say private area, but how, what's the difference between something being a boil and something actually being like an outbreak or something? How would they really know? It'll be the size and the shape of it and if it's um, swelling. So like the Bartholonian cysts, those are caused by the um, inflammation of the Bartholin gland that's right down there. Yeah. And so um, you just go to the doctor and you can get those removed by incision and drainage. It just depends. Sometimes women have it, it keeps coming back. Um, yes. For that reason, I'm not aware of at this time. I don't really see a lot of that in my practice. But then with the outbreak, what I notice is that it has like little clusters around it, maybe oozing at the site or bleeding at the site. And it's painful to, um, to uh, burns to urinate. It, oh, um, wow. That's pertaining to like um, herpes outbreak. So, is it true that with people that with herpes, if they have a, you call it a fever sore, a fever blister or something, is that really herpes? Yeah, that's type one. The cold sore on your lips. Yeah, that's type one. So even if it's like a child that have it, that still count as like herpes. Yeah. Wow. I guess that's from drinking from parents and stuff. Yeah. Yep. 
Wow. So that that's important because you know a lot of I don't know, like I don't know if that's just because it's New Orleans, but they always put the baby nook in their mouth, pacify it, whatever y'all want to call it. They took the they take the baby nook and they clean it off by putting it in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't know. They probably don't know they have type one, and so they're doing that, and they're not a baby guy. You adding it to the baby? Do children? Right. I mean, it, it can be dormant in children as well. But do children have any? Do you ever see any kids that come out and actually have problems? No, no. Okay, Unless so pretty like, much... I haven't seen a child with like type type two, but if it's type two in the child, I hope that child is not being violated. Molested. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's scary. Okay. I know, um, I know. <laughs> that's extremely scary. So that's another issue. We have a lot of people that actually the lady who came on the show, she was talking about how she was molested as a child and she was saying that it made her very promiscuous um as an adult. Because yeah. she was, you know, nine and ten years old. Do you have you ever had any situations like that or hearing stories? Yes, I do. Um, I actually had a patient that came in, and and the way she was acting, I thought this was her first time. I look at her chart, and I'm like, okay, so she's done this before. So something must have happened. Like, this whole visit is triggering, triggering her. And so I asked, I'm like, did something happen before? And she started crying at this point. I can see in her face, but then when I asked her, she started crying. And then I started crying. I'm like, oh, I won't kill him so bad why would they do that to a child but yeah so we was i was able to talk her um talk her through the procedure uh her pep smear actually and yeah it's heartbreaking i actually also had a um a patient she was recently a rape victim and like yeah yeah those are not like good visits i always wind up crying with them and just praying for them and now that I don't know how the, how the law is in Texas, but in Louisiana, I think once our kids are 13, the parents mm-hmm. aren't really privy to the information. We have to we have to get out the room. Yes, stay down here, here after 13 because they feel like the child is not is going to say as much when the parent in the room. And then it's like, okay, so if I know something is absolutely wrong, of course I'm gonna tell the parent, but we need to get it out the child first. We need the child to actually say it. Well, 13 is so young, but I guess, you know, we living in a different, you know, different days. 13, not young anymore. Did you notice, like, when we were younger, we had a lot of teen pregnancy? You don't see that that much, off, you know, too often. Do you still see a lot of teen pregnancy? Um, no, not, not like, like you said, when we were younger, I don't see a lot of teen. I still, they still have them here and there. But um, that goes again with not knowing when you're ovulating, when to avoid intercourse. So, right. Yeah. I wonder, like, what's the shift of why we don't see as many young girls pregnant like we used to? They're probably on, have more access to um, birth control now. That's true. That's, That's true. what I'm they saying. Have more access. That's true. Okay, so let's pretend you have a young girl that comes to you and she's. 15 and she's telling you that she's pregnant she's scared to go talk to her family about it what would you tell her well i hope she's scared to go to her family about it but she thinks they're not going to support her and her decision 
we just have to, um, I would just have to encourage her to talk to someone because she's not going to need, only need to have like her prenatal visits to make sure her pregnancy is healthy. She's going to need support at home as well. Okay, so do they usually have like maybe counseling or something that can help them get through situations like that? Yeah, they have counseling. Yes, they have counseling that we refer to um, social work services as well to give them resources for them um, and the baby. Okay, I'm asking because I saw probably about two weeks ago there was a young girl that did the same thing. You know how they abandoned the baby? And she mm. abandoned the baby and left it. So I was just thinking about that. Like, is that usually do we find that with cases where the parents are embarrassed? I mean, the kids are embarrassed to go to the parents. Yes, that usually happens. They're embarrassed to go to the parents or they're scared um, to go to the parents or they're trying to say, okay, what they're going to think? I let them down. It just depends. I've seen it across all socioeconomic status. Yeah, I actually um, spoke with a young girl not too, not too long ago, and she had a baby, and she was so embarrassed to go to her family. She hid the pregnancy for the entire nine months, and she had the person come to the hospital with her, and she immediately gave the baby away. And I'm thinking her parents, her family don't even know, like, what happened. And it's, our kids are so scared to come to us that these are the things that they're doing. Yes, and this is why, again, you, you develop that good relationship with them, at an early age so they can come to you. Like I tell my daughter, I know you can, you don't want to tell me everything, but find you another adult that you trust, which is one of my good cousins, a couple of my good cousins, look, go to them. That's what I did too. Me and my mom have a wonderful relationship for certain things I was kind of afraid to tell her. So I had like other women in my life, like my aunties and stuff like that. And I was able to go to them. And then eventually know that, girl, let me tell you what. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm all Definitely go red. Didn't tell me that. Why you right. Me? But not everybody have that. Um, have that village. What right. I'm trying to say. So, that's a good one, and that's that's important because even if they don't feel like coming to you as the parent, they can come to somebody they trust. That's a good idea. I'm, I need to. I'm putting this note together for my own baby because I'm almost to that stage and I'm just not ready. Yeah. All right. I saw on TikTok not too long ago, I think it was on your page, it's probably about a year ago at this point, that you could stop a period. If a period was coming and you have a date coming up, you can take something to make it, not stop it, but delay it. Yeah. So um, the brand that you can do is um, Seasonal. That's actually what I use um, for, my, for my honeymoon. Like I already have calculated I was like, oh, my period gonna be down for my honeymoon? Oh, uh-uh. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I already got these pills called seasonal. That's the brain I use. And I have those, they stopped my period for 90 days. And when I was done, I went back to my regular birth control. Oh, but wow. there are, they all have some birth control that um will be called continuously cycling, where mm -hmm. instead of you taking like the last pack to allow your cycle to come down, you just move on to the next pack. Oh, okay. But right. definitely talk to your doctor so they can kind of walk you through that. I'm trying right. to remember what's happening now that they took. They put, I, I'm, I'm going to look it up, but it's some, I'm going to send it to you, but it's some kind of medicine. Like they put Tylenol in water or something. It was something like that. And it stopped the cycle. Oh, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen I'm that. I'm going to find it. 
I'm gonna send it to you, but I, I thought I saw it on your page a long time ago. But it's, it's some video, and it's and it maybe you were saying that it don't work. I'm not sure, but I remember I saw it. I'm gonna have to send it to you. And it's something that you put in your water. Like I'm gonna just say, oh, Jello. No, I haven't saw that. I haven't saw that. I haven't heard that. But what I did do one time, I was getting ready for a party, and my second was coming down, and my cousin said, "Get you a um a douche bottle, and put some cold cold water in it, and shoot it up." That might have been it there. I thought it was something like that. Yeah, she said it's going to stop your cycle. So it did stop it for that time. Like for a couple of hours, you say. Maybe like three, four hours. But then it came. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's interesting. All right. <laughs> I got one more. Well, two more questions before I let you go. So a lot of talk when it, when it comes to sexual talk, you know, stuff. A lot of women want to talk about orgasms. Ooh, that's my favorite point. <laughs> <laughs> so... A lot of women, too many, have not even had one, although they don't have them regularly. Can we talk a little bit about that? So they say, I don't know. Ladies, when I tell y'all the um, the things we have available to us now is amazing. So if you're having problems with, because um, there is a medical diagnosis for a female or, or orgasmic disorder. If you have problems with that, do not feel shamed. Do not be embarrassed. Seek professional help. Um, even a sex therapist, pelvic floor therapist. There is medications to help. There is therapy that can help. There is different exercises that can help. And talk with your partner about it. Listen. No, you know, it's uh, an intimate moment. Each person should get pleasure. So he or she, depending on, you know, the, the dynamic of the relationship, y'all have to make sure each other is coming out on top. So what I do in my clinic, um, after I do a full thorough assessment, kind of see where you are, they do have this medication called, um, this cream called Scream Cream. And so what it does is it helps bring flow to the clitoral area and women are having orgasms now. Now, if you're of age, or even some young women, like you say, might have like issues with um, with um, having orgasm. There's this method called vaginal rejuvenation from an O shot perspective, where they take your blood and they do the like the blood plasma and they numb your area and then it injects. So what they're doing is rejuvenating. We're bringing the blood cells, the, the plasma, to that area, and women are like reclaiming their feminine <laughs> they're having orgasms they're enjoying sex and things like that and then we have the vaginal rejuvenation where it's like a probe uh where they insert and rotate it help with tightening it helps with reducing um uti it helps with lubrication both of these methods help with um lubrication as and well what was that that's the vaginal the, um, rejuvenation yeah vaginal rejuvenation old shot scream cream um speaking with a sex therapist, doing role play, inviting your, letting your partner know, you know, what's going on and hopefully they're understanding and can work with you as far as making sure you are pleased. Okay, I have another question. So a lot of women are mostly in our area. They are on some type of depression, anxiety, medicine and stuff like that. And a lot of those have sexual side effects. Yes. So what, what can we kind of look forward to with that if we do have medication? So 
unfortunately, you're going, you you probably can't come off your um your psychotic medication. So you're going to need to start another medication or therapy. So you can either do the pills or the psychotic medication plus another medication to help with your sex drive and your orgasms. Or you can also use something that's not as like medication, but you do the cream, like the scream cream. It just depends on like, it's a case by case basis. Okay. So do you sell the scream cream? Yeah, I prescribe because you can't really get it like over the counter. I prescribe it, it comes from my pharmacy. Oh, so it's not like that clitoral stimulation that the people be selling. That's not like that. This something something on another level. Yeah, it's on another level. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought you was talking about that cream that the uh, fantasy lady sell. No, you know what? I, I, I don't know about that one. I don't know the ingredients in that one. This is my, actually my first time hearing that. But I know from okay. when I did my um my classes to learn about like the sexual health and stuff like that, screen cream is what I can pres- what I prescribe to my patients who need that need help with getting their orgasms. Wow, so you can actually go to your doctor about that, or you have to go to your OBGYN to talk about that? Can you tell that to your regular doctor or therapist? They may not know about it as as much, a doctor, but your OBGYN, depending on their practice, because not all OBGYNs practice a lot, uh, alike. So if you're looking for something for um, like sexual help, you need to find um, OBGYN that specializes in sexual health and wellness. My okay. clinic, I'm specializing in sexual health and wellness, hormone replacement therapy, and weight loss. So, someone like me is where you need to go. A med okay. spa, I, I want to say maybe med spas may um, prescribe it if it's a nurse practitioner. She may, she may or may not know about it. Okay, that's good to know. I'm, I'm taking all kind of uh, notes because a lot of times people come on. These are some of the things that we discussed, and I remember. One of the ladies talked about the mental health drugs and how she's not in the mood because she went to a sex therapist. Do we have a lot of sex therapists um, that's practicing? They do. You just have to find them. It's not a lot. Right. Not a lot. That's what I was wondering because if you're always looking for different therapists, I don't see too many that, you know, especially in New Orleans, we don't have too many different doctors. I would think Texas would be a little easier to find. Yeah, I haven't seen too many in Louisiana, but definitely in Houston, I'm here. I've seen a, a couple. Okay. All right. So, is that my last one? I think that is my last. Oh, how often should we do our pap smears? It used to be every year, and then they came back and they told me every three years. So, what is it so, now? It's still every three to five years, depending on your age. However, this is my thing. And the doctor who I work with, she made she made sense when she said this. First of all, your insurance gonna cover it for free every year. You don't have to come out of pocket. It's covered. Number two, the algorithm that they created that based on is based on like say ninety percent of the population. The rest of that ten percent of the population is somebody mama, somebody sister, somebody daughter, somebody auntie. So she's gonna slip through the cracks. Remember that HPV. It's for like the pap smear, right? We, we um, screen for HPV for cervical cancer. This is my example I use. If you are recently divorced and your pap smear has always been normal, right? And you start dating and you have sex. 
You think you're going to wait to five years to go get a pap smear? Oh, no. I'm going to go. Exactly. So, right. by the sexual transmitters, even with that, if you're not divorced, if you uh, if, if your spouse is cheating on you. So, what I tell my patient when they ask me that question, I say, I wouldn't go over two years. Like, for me, my, my, um, for my own self, COVID happened. And I think I was supposed to get it 2020, but a lot of stuff shut down. And I wind up not getting it till 2022. I was like, dang, I didn't miss my thing, but I didn't go over my three years. Don't tell me you come no three, four, five years. No, I'm coming now. I'm coming every year. My insurance gonna pay for it for free. Right. right. Okay, yeah, because like you say, you have to be your own advocate for, exactly. for help. And not only that, when you come for a well woman exam, that includes the pep smear. So we're also taking your vital signs. We can also do your blood work. So if you have um you have hypertension, or we do your blood work, you have high cholesterol, or you on a road to diabetes, we can address that early on. Don't wait. I don't think waiting for five years is... That's my that's my personal opinion. Right. And y'all also do a little weight loss over there. Do y'all just do workouts, nutrition? Do y'all do a pill, a shot? Yeah, so I do um, personalized um, meal plans, exercise, weight loss injections, um, and pills as well. Okay. All right. So I had this, this was just some of your period self-care that you did, that you have on your site. And you saying a lot of times when women have periods, self-care is not just go and get your nails done. Right. So this is something that you have up to take a rest, try meditating, be kind to yourself. Drink plenty of water, consume nutritious foods, keep a journal of your feelings, and enjoy some chocolate for the period <laughs> self-care. I also have this. This is your cup. Yeah, this is this. The period disc. The period disc. And I saw one of the questions was, can you have sex with it? So can you? Yes, you can. <laughs> All right. And it. I guess this one, let me tell you something. It's crazy, but I never... You know, my, my mother was older when she raised me, so I didn't do tampons. I only did pads my entire time. I didn't learn about tampons until I was a, you know, a grown woman. I'm talking about grown, grown. I finally did this. So this is new to me. This is just a cup. So I would be, I'm not going to lie, I would be so embarrassed to even ask, like, how do you even use that? It's not an embarrassing question because I feel like um, it's new, kind of like new to the market and new um, to a lot of us. Right. Okay. Um, but when I tell you when I first tried it from another brand, it was it's a total game changer. Total okay. game changer. Okay. And you know, everything is not for everybody. There are millions of period discs and cups on the market. You just have to find the one that fits you and your anatomy. And I just my encouragement is don't give up because not only does it um it saves you money because those are reusable. So when you think about the thousands of dollars you you spend on um period products your lifetime, you like cutting that in half with that. That's true. Okay. So that was another question you had. I thought that was interesting. I never even thought about it. Mm -hmm. Why do some women um poof so much on their period? <laughs> because of the um prostaglandin hormone. Um, when it's released during your cycle, it sometimes is it, it's a higher level than in some women than others, and it causes your bowels to move. Sometimes in women to get diarrhea. 
Yeah. Wow. And that's it. Like I said, I never even thought about it. It's stuff that we always have. All right. And we talked about this a little earlier that you can actually get pregnant. So you have a very good TikTok. So y'all got to make sure y'all follow. Y'all can see her name right there. She have a very interesting TikTok. The videos are always really good. Um, and that was just a reminder. I like that. So that's that's your app and it sends them reminders. No, that was something I, I think I created in Canva. Okay. But that's yeah. a good idea. Those reminders, yeah. like that stuff is important. All right. Um, oh, we talked about STIs. We kind of talked about safe sex a little bit during uh this was stuff I wanted to talk about, but I'm glad I have it now. And the last thing, of course, we were talking about the clit. It's more than that little bump. Yes, it's more than a little bump. It's actually a whole like you see the piece right there. Yes, so that's kind of where uh, what's her name? Tiffany Haddish was talking about how all women were born with like a, I guess a penis or whatever. That's what that is. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, that's what you. I guess is what she was referring to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's important that women. You have to also know your body as well. So you have to know about you know your all these different things, your vulva, your clitoris, like all kind of stuff, because I'm sure you're not surprised, but a lot of grown women and men don't even really know the anatomy of a woman. Yes. I saw a provider, she gave me a good idea. She actually, she brings, she, she uses a mirror mm -hmm. with her patients to show them they were done. And some women are saying, like, these are grown women. Oh, I've never looked at it, like, down there. I'm like, what? Girl, you better be opening up them lips. <laughs> right. You gotta look <laughs> everything. Yes, yeah, you know gotta your check body. Yeah. Okay. All right. So my closing question is if you could go back in time and talk to 17-year-old you just to tell her about life, what would you tell her? Oh. Think about you at 17. I would probably say, I mean, and you know what? To be honest, I did everything that my mama really kind of like told me, her and my uncle. I went to nursing school. I graduated. I bought a um, rental property. Um, As far as relationship-wise, I would think I should have been wiser. <laughs> relationship. Leave those knuckleheads alone. That's what I would tell my um. 17 year old self. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, one more time, let them know how they can follow you. Tell them your TikTok and your Instagram and your website. Yeah. So, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Vagesty, V A G E S T Y underscore. TikTok is Hello Vagesty. And my website is www.vagesty.com. That's V A G E S T Y. I'm also on YouTube. Um, if you go to my Instagram or even my TikTok, all my links to my social media and as well as um, YouTube is in the is in the bio. In the bio. Okay, so they can follow and keep up with everything. But you definitely want to keep up because you have a lot of tips, especially with feminine tips. And, you know, as women, a lot of times we are embarrassed and we don't go as much as we should. So please make sure y'all y'all follow and keep up and buy that box because it has a lot of stuff in it. And it, yes. they put it together in a kit. So I'm actually going to get one myself as well because, like you said, with those, the boric acid and all those different things that we can keep up with our health. 
Yeah. And you even have, I saw you had like lubrication cream. You had a lot of different things on your site that you're selling as well. So in the, um, the scrub, that's a good idea. That's, that's good too. Yes. The scrub is actually one of the best sellers. Yes. The scrub. Okay. And that comes in that package as well. Yeah. It comes in a package. All right. So they definitely Everything want to come get in a package except the lubricant, but the Yanni oil comes in a package. The, the lubricant, um, the period stuff don't come in the box. Okay, y'all, we got to take care of our girl down there because she's going to be with us forever. So make sure y'all yeah. treat her right. <laughs> y'all got to treat her right. Treat her good. Keep her clean. And how they say you be good to her and she will be good to you. Exactly. Period. <laughs> right? Period. So we have come to the end of the show. Thank y'all for sticking with us. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and Thank you for having me. I was excited when you said, like, yes, of course. <laughs> yes. And I don't know how to think of it sooner, but you have been doing an excellent job. You know, people always watching and I'm one of those people that admire everything that you got going on. You're doing really well. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So of course y'all, thank y'all so much for sticking with us to the end. I hope y'all learn something if you have a question you can you know jot it down send it to me remember to like subscribe share hit the notifications and if y'all have any questions send it to me and if the law say the same i'll see y'all next week bye-bye bye-bye